There was a man who made a law, but he ended up being punished by the same law. And there's another one who did not even know the law existed, and he ended up being blessed because of the same law. Keep following me. One man makes the law and he writes it down. It is preserved in a book. Another one did not even know the book exists. So he lived his life the way he knew how. His people, the people around him, lived their lives the way they knew how. One day, heaven came down and rewarded the ignorant fool. While the lawgiver was punished. This is a story we find in Second Chronicles 35. We will not go there because of time. A day came, Israel had so much fallen to an extent, the book of the law of Moses had disappeared. It is like we have one written constitution in Kenya, and for the first time in our history, the constitution has gotten lost. How many of you remember this time when the maze of the, the chain of the mayor was stolen? <laughs> We were so messed up as a city. To an extent, the chain of the mayor is stolen. And for a few days, I think, they were looking for it. Then they recovered it. Though I think the thief was never prosecuted. Anyway, so Moses writes the law and he does everything to make sure it is properly written, properly followed, yet the same law condemned him and he never reached Canaan. While another king, whom we see in Second Chronicles 35, he grows up, he takes the throne, and he begins reigning, and he's not even aware there was a book of the law. And the Bible tells me something I want to share with us this evening, very briefly. God came from heaven, and he swore to this king that he will preserve him, and he will make sure that the evil written in the book of the law will not, will not come upon him. What was the secret? The secret is what I want to share with us this evening. Because as much as we are praying and we are breaking the fast next week, and as much as we are going to minister to some of you, if you do not capture this secret, my friend, you will still be in trouble. What is the secret? The secret is found in the same Second Chronicles 35. You will read it at home. The Bible says, the, 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 the priests were repairing the temple because even the temple had fallen out of place and they found the book of the law and they came with it. Now somebody bring me a huge Bible. Mama Florence. Oh, I wish I had your Bible. Who has a huge Bible? This is not huge enough. Thomas, come with it. And this guy who was playing the drums, where are you? Come with your two sticks, but add it to be three. At least get us a third stick. Oh, huge Bibles. Now imagine... You are holding this Bible, okay? Just hold it. The guy with the, 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 the drummist, come with your two sticks, but I like a third stick. I show you something that will change your life. Now, hold the third stick. Thank God you are wearing black. Because I needed the guy to hold black. Now, put this stick out like this. Face him. Now, you face him behind. Make sure it is projected above him like this. I show these people something. Thank you. The Bible says, God told this king, maybe me, I'm the king, oh, King Joshua, I'm the king. God told this king, I saw you when the book of the law was opened, and how your heart trembled, 
and how you broke before me. Remember, God is not saying, my presence came down, my power came down. No, 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 no. When his book was opened, heaven already had come with the cameras to watch the attitude of this king. Remember, this man has never had this book read. He's like illiterate. He does not know this book exists. He does not know even what is written. So for the first time when it is read to him, the Bible says, and you'll read it at home, the Bible says, the man shook and he said, Oh, how great is the judgment decreed over this land. And the Bible said, he tore his robes. The other day I taught us about the robes. He tore the robes and he trembled. Then he said, Now, can you look for a prophet to go and interpret for us how soon these things will happen? So when they went to the prophetess Ulda, who was in Jerusalem, Ulda said, go tell this man who sent you to me that I will do everything I have said I will do in this book that you had read. But you, it will not happen because when you trembled before me, I watched you. Remember, Moses wrote the same book and he perished. Remember, Aaron used to carry the same book. In fact, Pastor, Aaron was the one who used to sprinkle blood on top of it to consecrate it and consecrate it. And Aaron ended up being judged by the same book. Why? It is not about the book. It is about the art. God is no longer looking for literate people or illiterate people. He is looking for people whose hearts are going to tremble every chance they hear the word of God. And when this king begins to tremble, when this king begins to freeze in his robes as a king, remember, behind every book is the writer. And behind every writer is the spirit of that writer. Never forget that. The book written by God, behind it is God watching. And behind God is His Spirit waiting to bless or judge. And I know we need to do ministry. I know we need to pray for you. I know we need to bless you. But if you are not going to learn these three sticks that I'm about to tell you also, you may be like Moses, writing, editing, publishing, doing third edition of the same promises, but nothing will be happening. If they happen at all, it will happen even the opposite. Because this first tick, as I was sitting here, the Lord was talking to me. The Lord was telling me, this first tick will pierce the book, or what we call the message. The second stick will pierce the messenger. The third stick will block the heart. Are you following me? God has a content to deliver to you and you can pierce it. You can stop it. God also has a messenger to deliver the contents to you. You can pierce him. God also gave you a heart. You can block it. And if these three sticks will not be dealt with, this book will not produce results. This messenger will look like a liar. And the God who sent him will look unfaithful. The priests who came to this king were not righteous people. They were also backslidden. Imagine you are a priest pastor and you do not even have a Bible. <laughs> and you are finding your Bible for the first time. Oh, I need to go and preach. The king has called me to state house. <laughs> the Bible says even they dusted the book. Go read it. They dusted the book. <laughs> so they did not even have a Bible. But the king went past the messenger. He went to the message. 
And this message was not so fresh. It was not from the prayer mountain. It was old. In fact, it was being read after generations. The king went past the package of the message. And this king was not even born again like you. So he did not have such a perfect art. But he went past the imperfections of his art. And he touched God. And I've gone to places. In fact, I was with some, some two people here in Machakos last week. I was telling Machakos, when I went to Pangani one time, I was shown such an excited crowd. And even before I could begin to preach, people were falling and receiving the power of the Holy Ghost. And I wondered, how much is heaven rent here? The Lord told me, no. It is not the heavens which are rent. It is the earth which is rent. Do you know the king of kings lives here? So you shut here, you shut heaven. You close here, you close heaven. You know, sometimes Peter's prophets, we are tempted to flash our hands in the air saying, Heaven open! We open the heaven! We open the heaven! But heaven is already inside men. So if, oh, am I preaching? If heaven can be inside men, if the men open their heart, heaven opens. So what I saw in Pangani were hearts that were open. What I saw in the other place and I was rebuking was heaven being closed. One time even when I went to Machakos, I remember I fasted, I prayed the whole night, I was speaking in tongues and charging. And the Lord told me, my son, <laughs> you are going to be disappointed. I will not move there. But Lord, I've sanctified myself. Lord, I've done everything. The Lord told me their hearts are shut. And I will not move because they have to open my closet for me to come out. God has already decided he will live in our hearts. He has already decided heaven is not enough for him. He wants to live in our hearts. And if that heart is closed, there is going to be trouble. There is the heart you can close. There is the content you can block. There is the messenger you can block. When I saw my brother and he knows it, it's like I saw God and that is my attitude. When I see him, it's like I see God. That is my attitude. When I see her, it's like I see God. That's my attitude. When I see him, I see God. That's my attitude. And anything they want to tell me after that, my heart is open like a fool. I better be a fool walking with God than a wise man walking outside God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I tell you the truth, my people. If we are going just to arrest these three, God will not be begged to come down because he's already here. God will not be begged to, to shake the heavens because the heaven is already here. Lord Jesus, I pray by your spirit, open our eyes. I went to, I think last year, I was in Mombasa for my birthday. And I felt, let me go to my class 3, uh, where I did my class 3 in Likoni. And I entered there, I found the same teacher who used to be in charge of our class. I said, God, this is a miracle. And she talked to me, and I told her, can you pray for me? But can I give you an offering? So I knelt down, gave her an offering, and she prayed for me. And she blessed me, gave me very, very beautiful prophecies and whatever it is. So a friend of mine heard about it and told me, how stupid can you be? A lady you met over 20 years ago, how do you trust that she carries the Holy Spirit? I said, I'm so hungry, even if you give me poison, God promised me, nothing will harm me. I better drink poison than starve. Your duty is to keep this thing open. If a child will come with the word of God, receive it because, remember, behind the word is who? 
the God of the word. And behind the God of the word is the spirit of that God. You shall prosper. Already the spirit of prosperity is waiting. How will you receive that word? And pastor, with your permission, allow me to charge the people. Let us be an excited church. Let us be a childish church. Let us be a playful church. Let us be people. Any single syllable from the Spirit of God, we cling on it like our life will depend on it. So I'm in Pangani. And I walk in, and right from the gate, I was explaining this in Machakos, there are two people carrying my Bible. They grab my Bible. When I'm entering in, another group of people had carried water plus anything I needed. By the time I'm sitting down, my God, they all, all were screaming. And they were like, thank you Jesus, today you are going to move. And the people were already claiming their blessing before I've opened my mouth, even before we did praise and worship. By the time I took the mic, it was Bible study. It was not even revival. I was invited for Bible study. I couldn't do Bible study. How do you do Bible study with the people expecting anything from God? So I took the mic, I began just to say, thank you Jesus. The Lord is healing, and power, healing. The Lord is touching, power, touch. The Lord is moving, power, there was a move. Why? Heaven was already opened, because the hearts of these people were like of children. Isaiah 66 verse 2 is a scripture that changed my life as a teenager. The Bible says, that says the one who lives in a you know, high and lofty place. This is the man I will look after. The one I will consider. The one who hears and trembles at my word. You tremble at his word. How do you tremble? When you realize this thing as a reporter. This thing as a viewer. This thing as an analyst who is always watching. How do you respond when it is read or preached? Or even explained. How, how does it get to you? How, how, how sure are you that behind these words is God himself? Do you show it in private? And when the man carrying it is appearing, how does your heart respond? You know, there are people who look at us, we preachers, pastor, I'm sorry, and they're like, oh, there they go again. And their heart is already removing the stick to stab us. And another group looks for a crown to crown us with. They may think they are being stupid. But behind the God who called this man, behind this man is the God who called this man. Behind that God is the spirit waiting to come upon you. Now you understand why Elisha looks at these boys and he curses them. And what happened immediately? Foxes appeared and devoured the boys. Behind a man with a message, he does not have to be a pastor. It can be your last born son or last born daughter. Behind the man carrying the message is God himself. And I'm sorry, he's always watching. <laughs> he's always, oh God watches. The Bible says, I found a man who shall do everything in my heart. And meanwhile, I'm sorry to say, the man who has been found is not aware he has been found. The man was David. I have found a man who shall do everything in my heart. Samuel has not even appeared in Bethlehem to anoint the boy. But God has watched every attitude he has. And he has approved him. And the man does not know he has been approved. The same way a man may not know that he has been disapproved. That's why I fear God. He disapproves in private. And also he approves in private. The prophets only come to, to confirm what he has already done. In private. 
So how do we deal with this stick? How do we deal with this stick? How do we deal with this stick? When I explain this briefly, we shall now get ready for ministry. And one of the ministries we are going to do today is very, very dramatic. We are going to simply say, Lord, how many of you remember the parable in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower? The sower went sowing. The issue was not the seed, the issue was not the sower. The issue was the what? The ground. What was the ground? The heart of the people. So even as I'm talking, oh my God, there are people saying, ah, when can I get my chance to kick this preacher in the, in the face? Another group is saying, when can I go and tell this preacher, please pray for me. I feel the Lord is convicting me. So I need, to, I need us to deal with this, deal with this, deal with this. When we are done, we shall minister. But I believe now heaven will be opening without us lifting our hands to point to the skies. And saying, heaven, open. Let me shock you. There is a man who wants to come and do some work here. It's called truth. There's a man carried here. He may have many angles in which he's talking, but he still has the same name. His name is Truth. There is a man he's sending who truly, if he comes from him, he will be truly sent of him. So this man can sit here as the truth. He can come packaged through this man as truth. He can also come and live here as truth. Keep listening to me. Truth is a person. And he has tastes and preferences. Truth can decide, there I am not entering. And you try to push truth, and truth is looking at the stick. Point at me. Point at me, Tim. Truth is looking at this stick that has rejected him, and truth is saying, no, I cannot enter there. You know, one time I was saying with Prophet Gabriel, why is it that we are trying to tell even our fellow preachers about the centrality of Jesus, and some of them are persecuting us? And Gabriel was shaking his head. He was frustrated. I remember we are up here in Jamuri that time. I told him, my brother, listen. Truth is a man. He can be chased from a place or he can be welcomed in a place. When your heart loves truth, when your heart cries for truth, when your heart begs for truth, this is what you will be doing. You will be telling truth. Now, there is no more stick. Come the way you want to come. There are people before you can rebuke them, you have to look for proper English. There are people before you can approach them with a sure word from God, you have to scratch your head. These ones, there is a problem here called the prevention of truth. The Lord Jesus is truth. And today we are going to tell the Lord, Lord, come and tell me the truth. As you are, Lord Jesus, come and help me, Lord, to receive you as truth. Is it John 14, 6? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth is a man. I hope now you are understanding why you can be telling some people very basic common sense that will save their necks. And they will still say, you know. And you're like, can I kick it in your heart for you to get it? Kumbe, point at me again. Truth has already said, there I am not entering. Even if you package me in a TV, you package me in a DVD, you package me in a book, you package me in the YouTube, I will not enter there. That is the meaning of being rejected by truth. 
Because truth is a man. And I told pastor, in fact, the, 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 the week before he told me to come and minister here for the first time, I told him, ah, a man must be very careful when prophets are no longer coming your way regularly. You remember, Baba? Baba? A man must be very careful. I told him, one thing I beg God to always do is to bring to me all the prophets he wants to bring. Why? It is a sign that I don't have sticks that are preventing them from coming close. This thing must stay open. Because heaven is here. Heaven is no longer there. Heaven is here. Then, and listen to me, then, as your heart is opening to truth, truth will guide you to the right man and to the right woman. You will no longer say, ah, is he true man of God? Is he false man of God? In fact, even if they are false, truth will shield you from them. Jesus is saying now, I no longer am going to remove you from the world because you will survive right here. But you will survive only if you are my disciples. Truth has a way of defending us from these false men and these false women. Our job, keep our hearts open. And one of the ways to really receive from this man who will be sent by God, remember, Behind them is God. And behind God is a spirit. Either a spirit of prosperity, or a spirit of judgment, or a spirit of liberation. Behind this man is God. Sometimes before you can pray for some people to be healed, you need to ask them, like I'm asking you now, did God send a messenger whom you rejected? Did God send a messenger whom you questioned. Because the moment you begin to shrink this person, already the content he has begins also to reduce. The access he has begins to reduce. Listen to me, people. There is nothing like a former man of God and a current man of God. Once a man of God, always a man of God. Once they enter the register that they are anointed, they will always be anointed. Your job, stick with the truth. Truth will show you how to receive them. Moses goes and marries a black woman. The Bible says it was, she was an Ethiopian woman. And Miriam and Aaron begin to say, mm, finally we got him. <laughs> finally we got him. They thought his behavior was going to affect his mission. The mission is the same. You stick to the mission of this man. Forget about his domestic affairs. After all, who called him? Who called him? Gongrod. Let's go back to embracing this person called the truth. Let's go back to embracing his men in love but subject to the truth we already have in our hearts. Finally, finally, the content. Why did we do some impartation and for some people it did not happen? Because they did not receive it as a true dose from God. Have you ever drank those medicines? You're like, ah, this one was manufactured in India. I trust Switzerland. I trust huh, United States. But this India, I... Hmm. In fact, you read, you read the address of the, <laughs> of the pharmacy where it was manufactured. You are like, I... 
will true doctors really sit here and make this thing there? Already you have questioned the medicine. Now, despite the fact that the medicine may be potent, it may not work. There are two sides to curing people or helping people. The psychological side and the physiological side. A medicine may be strong, but if your psychology has rejected it, it will not work. True or false? The word may be from God, but if you have doubts about it, it is already diluted. It will not work. So this evening, I promise you 20 minutes, almost 30 now. This evening, we're going to handle these three sticks. And some of you will just uh, call you and tell you, do we sow again or we water what has been sowed? Imagine, Pastor, this man telling this one, by stripes be healed. Or like you are pronouncing in the morning, there will be no barrenness. And this one receives it like it is from God. A miracle will take place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I determined as a teenager that every time anybody gives me a word from God, if whatever I have in my pocket, I will give. Do you know why? In that moment, God has already come. And already there is a church service going on. Stop this religious thing, okay? Oh, our church is in Gong Road, you know. Huh? And our pastor is Pastor Kimani. Look, the spiritual church functions anywhere God is. Where the head is, there is the body. And that is a combination called the church. So, when I discovered that, I said, Ah, you meet me in the bus, you meet me on the street, you meet me even when I am rushing somewhere. And surely you have spoken to me the word of God. If I have an offering, I will seal it there and there. As an attitude that this content, I am not joking with it. Whatever you exalt will work. If this thing is not exalted, the power from it will never fall on you. Are you hearing me? If this thing is not exalted, the water from it will not pour down on you. And I beg you people of God with all of my heart. Let's go back to the place where we venerate the Bible. Where we venerate the written word and also the spoken word. Provided your heart knows this is the truth. And some of you what you are going to do this evening. We are simply going to tell the Lord. Lord lift up your word again. Make us believe your word again. Deuteronomy Chapter 11, verse 10 to 12. The Bible says, you are going to a land which you will not water with your feet. You will not step on it with your feet to water it. Meaning there will be no effort in it. But verse 11 and verse 12 says, it is a land where the rain comes from heaven. But if this thing is coming from heaven, then this heaven to begin with is exalted. Every time we exalt the word of God, the rain from the word, the rain from the heavens of the word begins to fall on us. And any time, my brother, my sister, you discover you have to huh, step on it, step on it, press it, push it, huh, you know, grind it. It means the power is below. It is not coming from above. This is the power of humility. This is the power of faith. Faith exalts the word and it causes rain to come through the word. So some of you, all you need to do is saying, Lord, you already promised that I will be healed. Or you already promised that I will be established. Now, Lord, I don't want to step it with my feet. Huh? 
I don't want to press it with my feet. I want to see the rain fall from heaven. I want to have the rain fall from heaven. I want to have the exalted life. I want to have the life upstairs coming downstairs. So Lord, we ask you for our hearts this evening. Touch our hearts, Lord. We ask for our attitude towards your word and towards your servants. Touch our attitudes, Lord. You say you have exalted your word above your name. Show us how to exalt your word this evening. That the word we exalt will begin to work for us tonight. Some of us may not need new prophecies, Lord. We may just need to update what we already know. And to have a new attitude towards it. And to watch it work. Let's begin where it all begins. Let's begin with the salvation. We believed the word and we were saved. And nothing will change the fact that we are saved by faith. So Lord, we exalt the word of salvation in our lives, O oh God, to remove every condemnation, to remove every doubt, to remove every religiosity, to remove every legalism. Lord, it is by faith, lest anyone should boast. It is by faith through your grace. O oh, begin to speak in tongues, somebody. We are already beginning. We are already beginning. We are already beginning. Some of you doubt if truly you are saved. Yeah, the Lord is saying, begin, begin to exalt the word of faith. The word that, yes, by faith you are saved. Yes, by faith you are delivered. No, he kept talking about the children of Israel. Pressing water. Because in Egypt, Egypt is a dry country. For them to get water, they have to press it. They have to press it. You know, because it is, they have to irrigate. So for you to be able to get it, you have to pump it. So you have to use your foot. You know? How many of you have ever drawn water from a well? There are some that you pump. There are others that you, you pull. Okay? What God is saying, where he is taking you, you do not need to pump because rain is coming from above. Amen? The ground is being watered by him. God wants you to experience himself and his provision so that you do not say it is because I work so hard. Otherwise, if nothing changed, if they were going to press for water in the land of Canaan, then what was the point of moving from Egypt? You're getting the point. So there must be a difference. You, are, you used to be in the kingdom of darkness where you had to work so hard to eat. Ask Peter, he will tell you how hard he used to work to get food. <laughs> and now you have come into the kingdom of God, your father. Amen? And your father has everything. And then you are still working so hard to get a meal. Something is not adding up, isn't it? I'm not trying to say that we sit at home and wait for manna to come. 
because manna was being provided in the desert. When they went to Canaan, they had to till the land. But their tilling, okay, it was, you know, we have to palilia. Yeah? But for the production, you know, God was making sure that those, those grapes, you know, would produce, I don't know even whether it was triple, ten times, because nothing like that has ever been found. So you go to the Lord and you take care of your vineyard. But God makes sure that the yield is abnormal. What I mean is abnormal. It is beyond your expectation. It is beyond other people's expectations. So that they will see it and say, Hey, are we not in the same job group with you? Those of you that are in the same job, you know, in, in work in job groups. Yeah? Are you not in group H like me? How come your life is not like mine? Hey, there's a difference. I may be in job group H like you, but we don't share the same father. My father has everything. So he provides beyond, the, beyond what the group job group provides. And he makes sure that even what is provided is multiplied. So that nothing is getting lost. That is why you find yourself, you know, with your meek government salary, you can be able to buy a, la a piece of lard and put up a house, still buy a car, until they say, we need to do a lifestyle audit on this, this person. Because they can't be able to understand how with the kind of salary you have, you are able to do all things, these things, but you have not stolen. Because your father... Because of your, the, the, the humility that you have. Heavens opens and rain start falling on the ground on your behalf. Brethren, when we, you see us trying to push you to, that, to another level, we want you to come out of religion. Because religion tells you once you go to church and you listen to that very structured sermon, you know, point by point, then you can go home. But that someone, as much as it is structured and well thought and researched, it carries no life. Praise God. Have you ever read the scripture that says the letter does what? The, the letter killeth. The letter kills. But the spirit does what? The letter is this, this, this word when you read them. Are they not letters? I don't have a Bible nearby. Hmm? When you look at this, what, I, what is inside? They are letters, isn't it? Yeah, you find there is a word there, there is a word that, there is a word they, there is a word will, there is a word blessing. All those are words that can be written anywhere else, isn't it? It's not that the Bible has special letters, different letters from the letters that are used to write history books and psychology books. No. But there is a difference. This letter, this word, is breathed upon by the Lord. Anyone who reads it and believes it, 
as it is, if you read it as a word coming from the Lord, it ceases to be a letter, it carries life because it is now spirit. Are you getting it? And then, it works for you. Otherwise, there are very many people, there are people who have read theology, you know, they are lecturers of the, this Bible, who are not born again, and they cannot be able to understand how one can be born again. Not that they have refused. They have, that liberation has not come to them. Why? Because they look at this word as a letter. Please, your life is here. Stop reading so many books, you know, that are written by men at the expense of, 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 of reading the Bible. If you are to read them, read them together with the Bible. But do not keep the Bible away. And you read psychology, you read history, you read geography. All that you will do, just it's okay, it will earn you some more knowledge. And I'm not telling you not to read, those of you that are reading. But as you read, please remember, life is in this book. And when you combine this book with anything else that you are doing, wow, you'll be surprised what you become.